and welcome to this episode of Start Somewhere with me, your host, Sarah Vaughan. I'm so delighted to have this very special guest with me this week. And I think you're so going to enjoy hearing from her. She's an extraordinary kind of entrepreneur, sustainability pioneer. So I'm delighted to welcome the amazing Joe Chidley, who is the co-founder of Return We Fill Repeat and Beauty Kitchen. Welcome, Joe. how are you today? Really, really good and very excited and honoured that you guys have asked me along here today. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, it's so great to, to have you on. We've had a lot of fun so far. We've had kind of like, um, you know, like um, things being fixed in the house here. We've had um, kind of Amazon deliveries. I'm sorry. Yes, I ordered with Amazon, but, you know, sometimes you have to. And Joe's just had a fire alarm going off. So. <laughs> it's a great start. <laughs> it's all good. Hopefully we got it all out of the way. So, as well, as you know, you know, this is all about how you started somewhere. And I'm always intrigued about like um, where people, you know, grew up, what their early passions were, because I don't think it necessarily can completely kind of, you know, you don't necessarily end up that person. But I think it, your roots kind of do inform how, you know, your beginnings in life and, and, and ultimately like where you may end up. So, so tell us all about your start in life. Yeah, so I was born in Glasgow and then uh, grew up mostly in a small council estate um, in the outskirts of, of Glasgow in a, in a little town called Wishaw. And I am a big believer in, you know, your um, where you grew up, the traditions that you were part of and the community that supported your growth plays a huge part in the person that you will ultimately become and, and the different things that you will get involved in. Um, you know, it was a, a fairly traditional working class background and my mum was a nurse uh, single parent. Um, thankfully, she did only have one child to look after, which was me. And we kind of were a bit of a partnership uh, growing up. And I think, you know, my mum is the person that's given me that kind of role model standards because, you know, she was a hard worker. She worked with the NHS for 38 years, but she was wow. always really um, looking for other ways to learn and also to earn money. And, and that has has played a part in in my own entrepreneurial spirit. I think um, one of the things that my family taught me was to try and you know do well at school, but also to have a lot of outside interest. So I've I've been into sport, fashion, beauty, you know, lots of different Love things it. growing Love up, it. Like, like like all the things I went to. Yes. That's it. And I was fortunate that I did eventually get to university. So I, I did an access course through college because my grades were, were pretty rubbish. And I studied chemistry, of all oh, things. No. <laughs> so, um, and, and that really helped because I've always been a really curious person. And when you study chemistry, you really have to have that curiosity of how do things, you know, work you know, and, and what is it for? That's the big question that I'm always asking. What is that actually for? And really that kind of plays 
well into, you know, the beauty industry, but also into sustainability. Because, you know, both of those, that question is the big one. What is this for? Uh, And that's really, really what, what, where I started. Um, So it was relatively traditional, apart from my family are originally fairground folk. So my gran... Oh my God! So yeah, and we still part of the family like still do that. Yeah. Wow! That's you know so, and I did gymnastics and you know acrobatics. So I I do think although it was traditional in some sense, we have talked about this. There was definitely we're definitely eccentric. But I think, you know, that kind of comes with the territory. And I, that. I was a gymnast too. I yeah. really. Yeah, the thing is, gymnast. you don't realise at the time, but it really does set you up for, you know, strength, not just physically, but mentally as well when you're yeah, older. It, it, it really does. I mean, my, like my, my father was passionate about sailing and I always used to be sent to climb up to the top of the mast because I was, I was very good at climbing out ropes. Yes, yeah, so I was end up like right at the top of the boat going oh my god yeah 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 that's so funny and and funny enough about chemistry I've still I've still got a hole in my arm where I got rather overexcited <laughs> and the test tube went like that and it kind of spilt on my on, on, on my arm and I was wearing a jumper a shirt and god and, and like a, an apron an overall thing and it's still like like I watched my skin disappearing before my my eyes it was <laughs> so that's not the kind of chemistry we're here to discuss today <laughs> no 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 not at all well maybe <laughs> so so I think you know that that really what it what it was it was about knowing that being curious even when other people are not curious about something is actually a really good skill to have and I think that's where when it comes to business I always find that the quiet spaces are really where the opportunity is because if there's a quiet area within business, people either haven't thought about it before, which is highly unlikely. Generally, it's because it's too hard and there's too many barriers to entry. And I quite like, because I'm quite a noisy person, I quite like some quiet spaces yeah, because that yeah, just helps to, you know, yeah. balance me overall. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I so get it. So so there you are kind of with your chemistry degree. Where where did you actually study? Did did you go did you go to Glasgow? I did. We I was fortunate to study at Strathclyde University, which has, wow. you know, a fabulous um uh, it's a, it's a it's a fantastic university. And it's weird because it doesn't really have its own campus. It's right in the middle of Glasgow. And the other weird thing about Scottish people is you don't move away from home when you go to university because all of the universities are relatively close. So it's a different experience to when, you know, predominantly most English people move away from home to go and and study. Or or, or, or they did before COVID, yeah. Well, yes, that's very true. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, in Scotland you don't. You you stay at home, which just gives a different. And you also go um, earlier as well. Just the way the education system is. Because you do higher, don't you? Yes, yeah. yes. And then you go into the university. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, amazing. But I mean, the Scottish education system is is famed throughout the whole world for for, for just its brilliance. So yeah. so uh, you know, it's, it's it's you know just just amazing. And. So there you are, you're kind of armed with your, 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 your chemistry degree. What did you do next? Well, I kind of realised that I wasn't that good at chemistry in a lab. And thankfully, <laughs> I found that out quite quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I actually, I fell into HR. And this is no. the thing. A lot of people say that they fall into HR. You know, I, it's slightly different in 2021. But back in the 90s, you didn't set out from school to go, oh, I want to be an HR person. It just wasn't something that anybody talks about, you know. So I think most people that grew up in that that kind of era, you fall into HR. And that's where my um, commercial experience and business experience um, really came into came into play, and I moved quite quickly um, from you know a few organisations to become head of HR with Avon Cosmetics in Northampton, which is amazing. I mean that that's I mean astonishing. You know the, the, your your track record, and also I mean you know that that has a lot to say. I mean HR is 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 complex. I mean and 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 you're dealing with you know people the whole time. You you, you know it, it it's it's. You know, it, it, it really is. I mean, you say you fell into HR, but HR is really the engine room of, of, of an entire organization. I mean, like you can't thrive. A company cannot thrive without great people and, and inspired people. Yeah. And the thing is, at that time, I'm, you know, I'm not sure what value was placed on HR as well. I think a lot of the internal head office functions, you know, HR, finance, IT, a lot of the times they don't necessarily get given the credit. But the the great thing about that organisation, one, from an HR perspective, it was a unionised environment. So to get that experience just really, you know, gives you the depth of knowledge. You have to deal with some very big change management programmes, including, you know, whether that's from a, a chippy or redundancy aspect through to leadership and talent management and development and you know Avon as well as a business they empower women the whole point yes I, I mean, it's amazing yeah it's yeah. Yeah, I mean it's and, and, and that was the thing to have that and absorb all of the things that Avon do really well but also to be able to be quite critical of what they didn't do so well, you know. And I think that's where when you're starting to think about business or setting up your own business, having work experience and being able to look at other businesses from a logical standpoint and think, what do they do really well? But if I was, this was my business, what would I want to change yeah. And the people and, aspect is huge, Avon, isn't it? And and I I think this is you know so, so often people ask me you know which is better like you know company does purpose that starts out small and 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 embeds it or or kind of a large you know company or brand you know with what they do and I think that's really tricky because because you know it's it, it I mean forgive the the analogy but 
but you know and even in these kind of times where we're talking about carbon and we'll come on to glasgow cop but you know it's it's a bit like turning an oil tank around you know some of these large you know old organizations i mean a lot of them are like 100 years plus and i mean they've been built in a very kind of you know way and a lot of people are in these companies for 20 or 30 years so it's kind of trying to you know create these changes you know it doesn't happen necessarily at at great speed (laughs) whereas you when you obviously you know create your own startup i mean that takes shit loads of courage and we'll come on to that you know often like you know not paying yourself (laughs) yep (laughs) i mean just like you know there is no hr i mean you're doing everything but yes the values are instilled you know from 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 the very beginning but it is a kind of leap of, of, of enormous courage and I think you know this is like you know how did you find your purpose I mean there you are kind of even doing these amazing things you know noticing that you know obviously it's a large company there aren't necessarily embodying their values in absolutely yeah. everything they do yeah so you know how, how did you how did you suddenly take the plunge <laughs> you know, so, and that was it I think when I reflected on coming here today, you know, Avon was the turning point because they were a purpose-led business to begin with before we even had that as a term, when they started, you know, a very long time ago. And you're right, you know, people play a part in moulding the culture of that business and they had lost their way in, in what their purpose was. And they're beginning to find it again. It's really interesting to watch their journey in terms of who they're now part of, you know. And I think it's amazing to, to see because that empowering women, as well as the CSR. So, you know, they were one of the first companies, you know, to stand up and, and say what they were going to do as their corporate social responsibility. Now, it might be perceived as transactional, but they still were a huge company with huge impact. And that and that's what fascinated me was uh, if we were going to start our own business, we did. We can start it whatever way we wanted to. I'm a big reader as well. I, I love I love reading and um, B Corp. And Cradle to Cradle have been the foundation of what we've done from the very start. Even though we didn't have the certification in the beginning, there is so much information because these guys want to engage with any business and people to get people to think differently. And the idea of the circular economy, I think it's great how we can label things in a really positive way to change people's mindsets. Because we have been working in a linear economic model, yeah? And we know it's redundant, yeah? And the circular economy is a way for us to change from a linear model to a circular model. And that will solve not everything, but it will solve a lot of problems. But what's really interesting about the circular economy is there's lots of businesses that have been circular for hundreds of years. They just don't necessarily, the whiskey industry, for example, yeah, soft drinks industry. Yeah, if I look at the soft drinks industry, it's only until very recently, as in the last 20 years, that they started using plastic. They used to glass, wasn't it, and stuff like that. And And it was reused. You handed it back to the shop, you know, it went back to the bottle washing facility, it got washed, 
and it was filled and sent back out again. We have a soft drinks company here in Scotland that had a um, bottle washing facility that was 104 years old. Obviously, they'd updated it, but they, they had been doing it for 104 years. Oh, my God. And that's where the idea for Beauty Kitchen and Return, Refill, Repeat happened. So we looked, you know, our experiences within the beauty industry you know, it's not known for sustainability. It's a global, you know, um, industry. It's huge and it touches every single person on this planet. And we thought sustainability is where we can make the big difference. So we mm-hmm. created Beauty Kitchen, which is skincare, bath and body. You know, yes, we would say our products are amazing in comparison to everyone else's. But generally, when it comes to formulations, actually, that's the easy part. The difficult part is packaging. And that's where we made the difference by creating a reusable packaging system. But we didn't want to use that as competitive advantage. We wanted to open source it. So we've created. Amazing. I mean, that's so incredible. Yeah. I I mean, it's just. Just, I mean, like the generosity of that is extraordinary. And I mean, like, you know, this takes so much effort you know, to, to, to find the materials and, and, and really look into it and how it can work. So tell us a little bit about, about, about how the system works. Yeah, so it's very straightforward. The challenge is the infrastructure that sits behind it and then also getting the messages out, not just to businesses, but to consumers because they're the ones that will make the difference. And, and that was the other thing. Although it it may seem very generous to open source a reusable packaging structure and infrastructure, we knew as a small indie brand, our impact on sustainability is tiny. Yeah. Mm. And even if we grow very quickly to, to being very big, it's still tiny. The way to make the biggest impact in sustainability is to engage with all of the other players in the marketplace and get them to do it differently. And that's so, really what we wanted sure. to do. I, I so agree. And I, I, I mean, you know, Joe, something's so right. I mean, I, I, I realised you know, just working even in, you know, well, you know, some very large multinationals like, like Unilever, that they can't do it alone. They can make a hell of an impact for, for certain, but we need the whole industry to move, you know, and to come together to actually create this change because it, it's, it's just not possible. <laughs> like otherwise, I mean, and, and the thing is, you can either sit as an industry and go, it'll never happen, it'll never happen and not engage with it, or you can lead from the front and you can say, we want to make the changes. We don't have all the answers, but we definitely want to take not just the businesses, but the consumers on that journey of sustainability. Uh, and that's what I love about what you've done is that you are taking and I hate the word consumers but we'll, we'll, we'll use it for the time but you are taking like people on the journey with you because I feel so many companies are like well it's recyclable it's in the hands of of, of, of our consumers yeah, and they're kind of like dumping the responsibility like on the consumer and I just what I love is you've like really looked at the whole circular you know like journey <laughs> do you know what I mean of your product and, and and that's what's so important and that's what I just think is so missing you know because it's not enough I mean I, I get loads of press releases saying oh like our product's 100% recyclable I'm like well yeah all plastic is you know like like what's you know like but 
you know, how are you actually helping? Like how, you know, I'm not a plastic fan, as everyone knows, but, you know, but how are you closing this loop? What are you actually doing to help? Because at the moment you're just saying, you know, you can put it in your recycling bin. And as we know, like councils are under so much pressure, they're not recycling it. And a lot of it goes off, I'm afraid, you know, to to probably Bangladesh or, or, or somewhere like Mozambique who can't, you know, yeah. deal with their own waste problem. And then, you know, our local council take recycled. Well, actually, it's not been recycled. It's it's just been buried or burnt in a, in a country. It's moved. Not, it's just it. moved. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's a mindset. It's the linear mindset that we, we've all grown up w- with where you can find resources and ingredients, whatever that is. You can make something from it. You can sell it. And then your responsibility ends. Yes, I mean, it, it, it's so you know, and I, it's a change in mindset. It's the fact that actually, what you should do is you should look at those resources and think: Are those resources highly renewable, or can they be reused again and again? If they can't, don't touch them. If they can, great, make your product, yeah. And then when you sell it, say to the person: the stuff that you don't want, that you may think is waste. We can use that for something else. Give us it back and let's create something that then is circular. And it's not a perfect system, but I don't understand as a business, why would you want to take resources, pay for those resources, make something, and then let the, re- even though you've sold them, why would you not want to get those resources back? And that's yeah, where reusable packaging is product as a service. Generally, unless you're buying a beautiful, you know, perfume in a gorgeous bottle that you want to keep because your mum has given you it. Yeah, there's always going to be that. Generally, when you buy a shampoo or a cleanser or a moisturiser, you buy it for the formulation. You're not really buying it for the packaging. Yes, it's true. It's true. And so walk us through. So I'm 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 on your website or wherever. I'm buying one of your products. How does it work? So you choose the product that you want. Um, you get the product, you use the product, and you return the pro- the empty, yeah, the empty piece of packaging. And that can be returned in a variety of different ways. It can be returned through a national retailer. It can be returned through Royal Mail. It can be returned through Collect Plus, which is the big one that fashion brands use. Yep. Again, a lot of people think, well, wait a minute, is that not adding to, you know, the, the challenge because of the mm-hmm. return mechanism and the carbon that's then used logistics-wise? Yep. We We've done the data. We've done the life cycle analysis. It's not because it's reverse logistics. So the national retailer picks up from every one of their stores, the recycling, and it goes back to their warehouse. That warehouse has to then make deliveries to Scotland. So we use a reverse logistics model. And as you use the empty empty lorry to to bring back our empties. Yeah, We, we then get those empties. We sort them. We have a bottle washing facility. And the reason, one of the other reasons is with personal care, you know, there's high medical grade cleaning protocols that have to take place. You know, so we have all of those protocols in place for both wash off and leave on products. Um, And once that's happened, the packaging is then either refilled here or it's sent because Unilever is our second customer. We might send it back to their manufacturing site and they will fill it and it will go back out either to store or through e-commerce. It, it's really amazing. Isn't, it, isn't that fantastic? And, and, and I mean, 
are you seeing a high rate of return with people buying your product or people? Yeah. So, so, you know, cause a lot of, you know, like I, 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 some, you know, still hear that, well, you know, just people won't engage with it, but yeah. the fact is they will, you know? Well, there's a, and this is where it's about thinking through all of the barriers to entry. And that's what uh-huh. we've, we've done because we knew if we were going to larger businesses that are much bigger than, than us, yet like a Unilever, they're going to have a list, a long list of questions about and reasons why not to do it. So yes. the one thing is the materials that we use, which is glass, aluminium and stainless steel, all of those materials, yeah, are better than plastic if they even just get recycled or even if they end up in landfill. So if yeah, I look at the worst... And, and, and you're right, and they, and they don't leach and degrade like plastic. No. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, it's so, part of this series. I, I, I've, I've interviewed Dr. Shana Swan, who's written this extraordinary book called Countdown, which everybody has to read. I mean, like, as a result of microplastics, you know, human fertility has dropped by 50% in 50 years. That's 1% a year. So, I mean, it doesn't take a, a mathematician to work out, like, you know, we've probably got another 50 until kind of the human race is, is pretty yep. much better. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, and I've, I've stood, I, I'll never forget, I, I went to Tamil Nadu and I stood on the edge, just very near this beautiful marine reserve. I stood on the edge of a pit, full of, the, of like these were Coca-Cola bottles. And I, I literally just wept. I mean, I'm just like, you know, this stuff is leaching into the soil. It's le- leaching into, you know, the marine life. I mean, like, I mean, dear God. And I'm like buried in one of the sunniest, hottest kind of places in the world. I mean, like, just insane. You know, there's a reason like plastic, there's a warning on your plastic water yep. bottles. Yeah, saying yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is. And the, and the data will continue to come out. And don't get me wrong, as a chemist, yeah, when it comes to organic chemistry and inorganic chemistry, when you look at plastic from a material science perspective, what an amazing material, yeah. And I'm not, so, like, like, so valuable yeah, for so well, many. But the but problem is, <laughs> it's when it goes rogue. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's and that's where we've thought about it in a linear mindset rather than thinking about it in a circular mindset. So we've we make this plastic, we sell it and then we think it's gone and it go. But where does it go? And, and that's what we have to go. Well, this yes. is it. And that's where, you know, a lot of people say, why are you not reusing plastic? We are doing lots of tests when it comes to um, plastic materials, but we want to shine a light on other materials that have been reused in human history for thousands of years, you know, and that's the place to start. The other thing is, in terms of the number of times that you can reuse a glass, an aluminium and a stainless steel piece of packaging is hundreds yeah, and we've done the life cycle analysis with regards to that. And once the, it can't be necessarily reused because maybe it's dented or there's some other fault, it then is recycled because it's a high recycling value. But and we're is- controlling that cycle. Exactly. And, and and I mean, plastic has very little value, as we know, and it's not endlessly recyclable in, in, in the same way. You have to add virgin plastic yeah. to it. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard of examples of, of people making plastic bottles, empty plastic bottles, um, to then 
you know, add to to to, to doing like recycled yeah. plastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 it's and it, and they're doing it because they want to have the you know, it's recycled plastic label on it. But yeah. you know, also, I mean, sobering thought there isn't enough recycled plastic in in the whole world for the brands who are saying that they want no. to do it. So something's yeah. going on. Yeah. And, 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 and this and, is the and, thing. We want to give another option, you know. Um, we want to demonstrate that it is commercially viable, it's scalable, you know. And you know, in terms of looking after people, planet, profit, which is you know B Corp and Cradle to Cradle principles, we know that we can design beautiful pieces of packaging in various sizes, and we will look after the infrastructure that sits behind that in terms of the collecting, you know, the the cleaning protocols, all of that good stuff. And we just need to get more and more people involved. And that's really the driver. You know, it's this curiosity of what is it for? And for me, reusable packaging, I know what it is for. If you think of any supermarket or retail store and you go to buy a personal care product, you will be challenged to find outside of maybe very expensive products you if you walk into a Sainsbury's or a Boots for instance you will struggle to find anything in reusable packaging and that's I sad I, I I I totally agree which is why I'm such a fan of, of of everything you're doing and also I think the challenge is I mean for 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 you know people who are starting small brands I mean the packaging is a nightmare yeah I mean like 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 I mean you know like friends kind of thinking I'm I, I want to create my you know my I mean you know, particularly once they've come from like, you know, a larger company, they're just like, oh my God, yeah. you know, I can't do, you know, I, I can't get this this product. And, you know, I want to do something which is, you know, not plastic or whatever. And they're just like, I mean, I'm hit by like minimum quantities like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. And I mean, it, 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 it's a minefield. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And that's what we want to do. We want to, we've gone through the pain of that as an indie brand, but because of our um, big company background, we know what big companies are thinking about. And we want to bridge that gap between the linear way of doing things and the circular and safe way of doing things. Which is so, I'm so excited. I'm just so proud of everything. I mean, it's just, oh my God, so, so, so incredibly exciting. I get to be a sustainability nerd, which I'm really happy about. So I love that. (laughs) <laughs> it's so cool and I mean and what's what's your I mean what's what you know like without telling us all the confidential kind of business plan stuff but what's 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 the plan you know where do you want to be in in like three years so at the moment um we are we are setting ourselves up for a nationwide um a trial uh, we will be starting with a citywide trial which will be COP26, it'll be in Glasgow. On our doorstep. We're so fortunate that we have our ducks in a row. I I, I might have to come and stay with you. I I may be inviting myself to come and stay. That's all all are are welcome. Yeah, November is very rainy, but apart from that, it's beautiful. (laughs) And dark. And dark. But I quite like the seasons when they change. It keeps you in tune with with what's going on in your environment. So COP26, we will be um, launching 50 refill stations. So refill stations are refill on the go. So they can be based in a retail setting or they can be based in, you know, a train station, a university, a shopping mall. And that's where you have your reusable packaging and you have a very small choice 
of products. And then we will be launching, I think it's in 25 different stores across Glasgow, our pre-fill model. And pre-fill is basically where you replace, you know, single use outmoded pieces of packaging with reusable packaging. And there will be many more products with many more brands um, that will be included in that. And what that does is that then gives, if you're looking to buy something, you want it to be convenient. You want it to be value, whatever value is in your head, whether that's you know value for money or value for sustainability, whatever matters to you. Um, and you want choice. You know, you want to buy the products that you want to buy. But we have the data where 88% of consumers are prepared to switch brands for reusable, refillable packaging. Now, Which those numbers wonderful. are huge. Wonderful. I, I, I mean, I, I, I just love that. It, 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 you know, it's, it's brilliant. I mean, it, it is, you know, sorry to use the C word, but it is like the consumer revolution. And, and, and yeah. this is like, you know, we'll come, we'll come on to your top tips in a minute, but like, I just urge everyone to really, you know, I've said this before, but know that your purpose is in your pocket. If you want to see yeah. a change, actively think about the way that, you know what you're buying and, and and where you put your money and and spend it you know on, on brands that are doing things which align with your values um you know and everyone's values are different that's that's it, it. So, that's so, it you know and that's that's what i mean it depends you know who you are and the choices that you make but everyone should be and that's where we call it democratizing sustainability we want everyone to be engaged doesn't matter you know where what their background is you know what types of products they buy you know whether that's a unilever product or a, a beauty kitchen product that doesn't matter they should still have the option of reusable packaging and that's where we yeah. want to fit in yeah i oh, i i'm so all over it it's music <laughs> to my ears. it really is so as you know you know, we're now at the bit where I, I get to ask you, what are your top tips for, for those listening who want to start somewhere? So starting somewhere is asking yourself the question, what is this for? It's, yeah. you know, it is, it is that simple. And don't be overwhelmed. Yeah, the, the whole point of start somewhere is to start somewhere. And it can be something that's really basic. You might have your most favorite, you know, bath product or moisturizer or um, coffee. You know, it, it can be whatever, whatever it is that you really love and have a look at it and ask, what is the packaging for? Yeah. And should it be different? And if it's different, ask the question. Because I know that all of the brands that are selling us the products, a lot of them don't think that customers are that bothered about sustainability. So the more questions that we ask, yeah, the better. And the thing is, maybe try a different product that suits the packaging that you're looking for. You know, maybe go to a zero waste store. You know, that's for me, I don't have one locally yet, but understanding what a zero waste store is just makes you ask those curious questions. There is lots yeah, and, of- and, and also potentially saves you a whole pile of money. Let's face it. I mean, like, like this can be a whole win win scenario. And I mean, like, 
you know, people people often say, but you know, aren't sustainable options more 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 um, more expensive? And the answer is not always. You know, when you look at the lifetime, you know, of of, of them, and also kind of expensive, you know, for who, you know, and what, you know, because you know a lot of these products are very expensive for our planet, and ultimately yeah. that does come back at us. And I think you know, as as we're seeing now with this extraordinary kind of year that we've had of, 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 of COVID pandemics mixed with climate change, you know, happening all over the world. I mean, it, it's pretty much undeniable that, <laughs> yeah, humanity has a, has a hand in this and, 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 you know, we're up against some, some very interesting challenges. Yeah, we are. And the thing is, you know, for, for, for companies that are designing products, design is inherently optimistic. That's really the power. But a lot of the times we want our customers to, to help us with, you know, design. But the other thing I always think with packaging is when you look at packaging, it doesn't, not everything needs to be recycled. You know, it can be reused. And I right. think the more that we understand that, the, the the quicker we will move away and support what needs to change, you know, for human beings yeah. and for the planet. I agree. I mean, because like something like pumps, you know, which are quite difficult from a, from a you know, yeah, the, engineering you point can of view. reuse them. Keep reusing them. You that's know? Right. And that's you, what we do. So, you know, we have what we call a pump for life. Because there's a couple of things. So um, there is a pump out there that is doesn't have the metal spring inside. And that's the challenge mm-hmm. with recycling because it needs to be dismantled. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, that pump doesn't work with aluminium and stainless steel bottles yet. We're working behind the scenes to make that happen. But with regards to the pump, you know, that can be reused. If, if it's in your shampoo, for instance, yeah. it can be reused again and again and again. So you just yeah. keep it. it. It doesn't need to be washed out. It's because it's the same product going into the same pump. There is, you know, there is no reason why that can't happen, but it's just helping people change their mindset and looking at something and thinking, does that really need to be recycled? Could I reuse that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh my goodness, Joe. What I mean, you're just like, I don't know, you're just like a, a, a ray of sunshine and a ray of sustainability, hope and light. And you I have to be the ray of sunshine when you live in Scotland, Sarah. You need ah. to be. <laughs> yes, I, yes. I, 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 my grandmother was Scottish and I somehow I don't quite, quite, quite believe that. <laughs> I'm not good in the, oh, in the dark, <laughs> but no, it's an amazing place and I, and I love it. And I very much look forward to seeing you um, in Glasgow um, in, 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 well, really a couple of weeks and, and, yeah. and, and to, to, to going to try out the refill stations myself. Um, and bless you, Joe, for all you're doing and for being such a trailblazer. It's just astonishing. Keep, you know, keep doing it. Keep going, girl, because you're, you're doing an amazing job. Well, and this is the thing, you know, I'm surrounded by an industry that loves to innovate. I mean, we do. I mean, that's, you know, what, why else would you you be in this industry? You want to try new things. You want to create new things. You want to innovate. We're just innovating in a, in a quiet space. That's really what, you know, coming back round to where it's quiet, reusables is a very quiet space in the beauty industry. And, and I don't, I want it to be noisy. <laughs> and talking about noise, how do people find out more about you and about Beauty Kitchen? So we have our own website 
and I'm I'm the only Joe Chidley on LinkedIn. <laughs> no. Yes. So wow. um, yeah, please ask the questions when it comes to things like social media or any customer questions. Um, you know, it's myself. And Lisa, who works here, we are the ones that, that answer those questions. So it is the personal touch, because it's really important for me to know, you know, what is what what is it that our customers want? And we like to keep it, you know, close and personal. Oh, bless you. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you for our close and personal interview. And I shall see you in person. Yeah, in a couple of weeks. Thank you very much for having me. again to the amazing joe from beauty kitchen isn't she an inspiration i mean she really is an example of somebody changing the world in a really big way i mean she started small but look at you know the companies and brands and and the industry she's influencing quite incredible so you may remember from last week that we're actually going to be taking a little break from series four and for the entire duration of COP26 events from October the 31st to November the 12th, we're actually going to be releasing an episode every day for our COP26 climate special. I've got some extraordinary guests lined up, so stay tuned and they are going to talk us through, you know, what's actually really going on, why it's so important and speaking in kind of plain, accessible, everyday language, which I think we can all enjoy, benefit and learn from. Thank you so much.